Well, you guys are so good, you sat without even having to request it. We are ready to go. Well, again, I want to say welcome to Northridge. Um, I want you to know that Northridge is a safe place. It's a safe place for those of you who are coming for the first time and have questions, maybe. You're even considering, is there really a God or not? Should I really believe in him? It's a safe place for those of you that have just started your journey with Christ. Maybe you've accepted him recently. It's a safe place for those of you that have been walking for a long time. Because the truth of the matter is we all have questions. We all go through different seasons. And God is right there with us through all of them. But sometimes we need community to walk through it as we learn and grow. And that's what we're all about here this morning. For those of you that don't recognize me, my name is Chris Bickett. I am actually the student ministries pastor, which means I don't get to be in here with you big people a lot. I get to be with the little people a lot, uh, something that I thoroughly enjoy, and it's an honor to be able to participate in both. Um, I can tell you that the kids' ministry is something that is alive and phenomenal, and it's just extremely rewarding to be able to be in there with them watch them learn about Jesus and experience what it is to grow. Now, some of you have kids that have gone to camp within the last couple of weeks, and I tell you that was an amazing experience. If you didn't have somebody that went, seek out someone who did and just ask them how their time was. I think you will be amazed at some of the responses that you get. But since we are doing Bid Kids Church here and we are doing At The Movie series, I am going to stick with what my actual topic is instead of taking you to kids camp with me and youth camp. So we are in the At The Movie series. This week is Finding Nemo. And we are going to talk about that a little bit. But I can tell you I cannot think of a better tagline for this week than just keep swimming. I don't know about you, but if you've been outside at all the last couple of days, just keep swimming sounds pretty good. And honestly, we were at the pool yesterday, and that's what my girls were doing. They're part of a swim team, and so they get to practice during the week. Uh, they go for about an hour and 15 minutes during the week. And then on Saturdays, we get to show up at the pool at like 6.15 and hang out until about 1 while they do their thing, which is awesome for them. Um, it's a, an extremely sweaty, melty mess for us because we get to stand at the pool edge but not actually touch the water. Yesterday was hot enough for the first time since we've been doing this. They gave a five-minute intermission break and allowed anybody that wanted to to jump into the pool. And I tell you what, there were adults fully clothed in that pool. That's how hot it was yesterday. Part of the fun, though, is the girls practice, like I said, for an hour almost every day. The meets are extremely long on Saturdays, and they each do four events typically. Um, the event will last anywhere from 40 seconds to two and a half minutes because Elsa's graduated up into the 100 meter now, which is four laps. For those of you that are math people, that means that it's about four to six minutes of water time for the four to six hours that we are there. Sometimes fun, sometimes not. Some people think it's a little bit crazy. Honestly, yesterday morning, I was feeling the same way. So sometimes our faith journeys are a little bit like that. It seems like we get just a few minutes out of the rest of our days or our lives that seem to have impact. seems like maybe we're only doing it a little bit at a time. And when we hear the words, just keep swimming, associated with our faith journeys, we come to sometimes think of it as like a pig swimming in water. feels like it's not quite natural sometimes. 
Um, sometimes we think of things that are challenging or hurtful, things that are painful, um, like there's no end in sight, kind of like when we're swimming and there's a bridge off in the distance and that's our goal we have to reach to. Oh, there's our pig. Isn't he cute? Aww. Let's look at the bridge. Yeah, it seems like, woo, we got to get there. That's what this is all about. A little bit overwhelming. Sometimes when we think about this, we end up thinking about the word persevere. And when we think about persevere, it's not always a positive thing. We think of it as kind of dealing with troubles, slogging through, making it through, difficulties. And the truth of the matter is the Bible tells us in John 16, that we will have troubles, all of us. We're guaranteed that. Woohoo! glad you're here this morning, right? But it's true. We all have troubles, and some of us look at them like this, like, what on earth? Cat in water, not supposed to be here. Are you serious? But um, honestly, I want to blow that up for my house. I don't think Paul will let me. But we're going to get through this today. We're going to talk about what it means to just keep swimming. We're going to talk a little bit about perseverance, but we're going to attack it from a little bit different angle. Our story, Finding Nemo, is a story about a young fish, a little clownfish, and his dad, Marlin, who um, have tragedy occur before Nemo's even born. Um, Basically, Nemo's mom and his 399 siblings are all killed before Nemo gets born. So dad goes into extremely overprotective, cautious mode with Nemo as he's growing up. He tries to protect him from everything. And so then it comes the day where Nemo can actually go to school with the school of fish. And um, the first thing they do is head out to the drop-off, which is where the deep ocean is. And when his dad hears about this, his instant thought is, no, this can't happen. He goes out to get Nemo, and Nemo's reaction is a little bit of defiance. He has some friends that have, like, swum out just a little bit past the edge. I'm in the deep. Look at me. How can you beat me? And so the next one goes, like, right behind him just a little bit further. Not really any danger. And then Nemo's dad shows up and says, Nemo, you'll get back here right now. And Nemo's response is to take off out into the extreme deep where there's a butt anchored. You heard me right. There's a butt anchored. (laughs) That's what the fish call the boat. It's okay. We can say butt in church. He swims out to the butt, and the dad says, Nemo, you'll get back here right now. And he looks at his dad, and then he turns around to the boat, and he swims up to the boat. He says, Nemo, you put one fin on that boat. Dad says, Nemo, that's it. You get back here right now. Right now, mister. So Nemo starts swimming back. And as he's swimming back, lo and behold, a diver comes up from below him and captures him, thus creating the entire story now because Nemo is separated from his dad. The entire story becomes about his dad going through all of these difficulties and challenges and obstacles to get to his son as the son is stuck in a fish tank with new fish trying to figure out how to get out of the fish tank and back to the ocean to get back to his dad. So now that we're caught up on Nemo, we're going to head into something that is significant for us today. Throughout the story of Nemo, there's obviously a theme of perseverance. Perseverance is obviously a theme that we have to have in our lives, but the truth of the matter is there's more than one way to look at perseverance. Today, we're going to look at it in two different ways, and the first way we're going to look at it is this. Perseverance is choosing to do the right thing, even when it's scary, seems hopeless, or doesn't make sense. It's not just about slogging through. 
Sometimes perseverance is about making a choice. There's been many times in my life, and I'm sure there's been many times in your lives, where you've known what the right choice was to do, and you chose not to do it. Could have been out of fear. Could have been out of caring about more what other people thought about you. Could have been about leaning back into old habits or old ways that seem a little more comfortable than choosing the right thing to do. But you see, God's word gives us a little bit of insight when we start dealing with perseverance and making it through things and making right choices through the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a lot of difficulties and a lot of struggles in his life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he explains what it can feel like. Because I think sometimes for us today, we think the stories in the Bible were so long ago that it doesn't apply to us. Like, our situation is nothing like having Roman soldiers. It's nothing like having, you know, to go get your water from a well. But the truth of the matter is, every story that is put into the Bible has relevance for us today. Let me just start with this reading, and I think you'll understand. We're starting off in verse 7. Paul says, We now have this light shining in our hearts. And what he's talking about here is the fact that Christ has died and been resurrected. And now he's given the apostles the charge of spreading the hope and the love of Jesus. Paul goes on to say, But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And I think what's crucial to look at here is the fact that a lot of times we feel like fragile clay jars. We feel like that next bump is going to crack us. We feel like that next hit is going to make us shatter. We feel like that next thing that we come upon is going to undo us. And maybe you're like me when you think, okay, God, I've had enough. Okay, God, why me? Okay, God, I feel like I'm already cracking. Are you trying to make me shatter? Okay, God... Where's the good in this plan? Because I don't see it. Like I said before, even seasoned believers that have trusted Christ for decades struggle with doubt sometimes. Even seasoned believers wonder, why is this happening to me? The importance of this scripture, though, is that last line that says, Our great power is from God, it's not from ourselves. Because when we start relying on ourselves in order to do things, we become fragile. When we start relying on ourselves, we don't know the ultimate plan. It gets us off course. When we start relying on ourselves, we focus on the fact that we're a clay pot, not on the fact that we have great power within us when we choose to believe Jesus. Paul goes on in chapter 8 and he says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Does that hit home with anybody here today? We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You see, if we're real today, we have challenges. Each and every one of us, we have challenges in our lives. We're guaranteed that. We have perplexity. We get knocked down. We wonder what is going on. 
And here's the truth of the matter. As a group of people that are choosing to explore a journey with Jesus, we need to come together. It's not about traveling alone. You see, when we find somebody who's willing to take off the mask of being okay and everything is great and everything's wonderful and it's Sunday morning and we're at our best, even though we're dying inside, we can't really grow. You see, Jesus wants what is best for us. He tells us that when we're feeling crushed and perplexed, we're not going to be destroyed. There's power in us to help get us through it. The question becomes, do we choose to believe Jesus? Do we choose to believe the words are true? Because if we choose to believe it, and we accept Jesus into our lives, then by default, we're made new. And then we have that power that comes from God, not our own. You see, perseverance isn't just about finishing the race. It's not chariots of fire. It's not endurance. It's choosing to do the right thing one step at a time. And sometimes choosing to do the right thing can seem counterintuitive. Standing up for what we believe with a group of friends, standing up for somebody that's getting harassed or bullied for any reason, is something we teach our children to do, but do we model it for them? If we're out in public, do we stand up for somebody that is being unfairly attacked for whatever reason? Do we choose to follow God's direction, or do we think that our own is the right way? You see, for my girls, choosing to swim for hours in preparation for a 40-second race doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But ultimately, those hours of preparation strengthen their body, strengthen their minds to know what's going to come, help strengthen them emotionally because they've practiced it, they know what to do, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And honestly, for my girls, the time spent with friends is huge. Not just because they're social and they want to be with friends, but because they have friends in something that they do together, they know how to encourage each other, they know how to support each other, they know what the hurt feels like, they know what the challenges are. It's a shared community. It's a shared encouragement. It's a shared growth. We have to choose to get plugged in. Our faith journeys need to be the same. An hour on Sunday is fantastic. We're here together. Look around. These are all people that can become part of your support community. But if we only come together for an hour on Sunday and then we disperse and have no connection outside of that, relationships can't grow. We're not going to challenge and encourage each other. We're not going to have a day where it's really hard and we can text a friend and say, can you pray for me? I'm really struggling today. Because let me tell you, friends, that community is crucial. See, Marlon developed a friendship with Dory, who's the little blue fish in the movie. And Dory's kind of obnoxious. She's kind of annoying. She sings. She's forgetful. She has very short-term memory problems. But she's fun. And she lives life full of excitement. And she ends up helping Marlon to get to his son. And it's significant because without her, there's no way he could make it through all of the challenges. 
Now, I honestly tried to sit down and write down all of the challenges that Marlon goes through and Nemo goes through to give to you guys, but we'd have been here for like three hours. You know, there's like a theme in each and every one of them, but we can't do that today. But choosing to develop deeper relationships that are real and honest is significant. It helps us to live life to the full. It helps us to be able to do what we need. And one of the greatest examples I can give to this, there's several things that happened the last month. This last week was really hard. Um, One of my best friends was hurt seriously in an accident. And she's going to be fine. She's going to heal. It's broken bones. It's bruises and scrapes. But what I've come to realize is the significance of community. Because as she was at the hospital, family wasn't immediately available. And so she had good friends that were there with her. And I'm three hours away. Family is three hours away. Can't get there immediately. If you've ever been in the hospital, you know how emotionally challenging it is, especially once you've been hurt and you don't know what's happening. You know how physically draining it is. So she had close friends that were there that stayed with her through the night until family could get there in the morning. And then family was there. But then after that, we were able to get a hold of church family. Church family came and sat with her. Church family was able to get a hold of her small group leaders. Her small group leaders came and sat with her, giving family a break so that they're not there 24-7. Friends got word, came and sat with her. Our church community, some of them that know her, heard we're praying, offering support. What can we do? You see, community goes beyond just our immediate connection. The more we choose to develop our community and to be real with each other, the more we're there during times of need. And we don't know when our times of need are going to hit. This was unexpected. It was sudden. It was drastic. But she was never by herself. And I can't tell you what that meant to her and her family. I can't tell you what that meant to me when I couldn't be there. And there's going to be times in our journeys where it feels like we're alone. Our community is important, but we also have to strengthen our relationship with Jesus because he's ultimately the one that will always be with us no matter what. He's the one that helps us to take that next right step to choose to do what has to be next. Sometimes that's doing something. Sometimes that's asking for help. Sometimes that's saying, will you pray for me? Sometimes it's choosing to actually live our lives and not be sheltered and protected. You see, our second key point is that perseverance helps us to learn how to live full of life. We're not created to be timid and shy. We're not created to live on a little protected shelf like Marlon wanted to do with Nemo. Because ultimately by doing that, Marlon limited what Nemo was able to do. He didn't let him have experiences. He didn't let him have failures. He didn't let him grow from all of those things. He sheltered him so much that it actually hurt him. 
once Marlon started going after his son, he started realizing how he needed other people and how he needed to trust. Nemo, when he's in the fish tank, starts making new friendships, people that start challenging him to do new things that he didn't think was even possible because he has a little fin on one side. That had always stopped him from doing anything challenging or fun. No longer was that the case. His new friends were encouraging him. You see, the truth of the matter is that Nemo learned a lot of hard lessons in the tank. He almost gets killed once or twice. That's not a good thing, but he learns from it. And in the process, he chooses to take those things in for the good. You see, at the end of the movie, Nemo ends up getting out. And I'm not going to go through all of the details of that. If you're so enraptured with Nemo, you can watch the movie. It is on DVD, probably Netflix. Um, but he gets into the ocean. And at this point, his dad has reached him. And the reason his dad has reached him is because his dad finally shares the story of what he's trying to do while they're in the EAC, swimming with the cool dude turtles. And the turtles tell somebody else who tells somebody else who tells somebody else. And the word spreads. So that ultimately, by Marlon sharing his story and asking for help from these other fish, word got to Nemo before his dad did that he was looking for him, that he was on his way, and that he was close. And so they all band together in the fish tank to get Nemo out and to get him away from this little girl that's going to torture and hurt him. And he ends up making it into the ocean. Once he's in the ocean, his dad thinks he is dead and starts to leave. And Nemo sees him and starts screaming out, Dad! Daddy! Daddy! And so Marlon stops and turns around, and they're reunited. Now the clip that we're going to watch has Nemo and his dad and Dory. And what I want you to watch is how the three of them interact with each other while they're in this serious, life-threatening situation.
You see, Nemo and his dad could have swam away. They could have left those fish. It wasn't their problem. They weren't trapped. But Nemo knew what to do because earlier in the movie, the fish had to do that to save him. This is on a larger scale. There were a lot of lives that were involved. Nemo did not have a connection with Dory at all. She just knew, he just knew that she had helped his dad. But he knew the right thing to do. And it meant risking his life in that net with the other fish. But he chose to do it. And so as he goes in and he gives them directions and guidance, even though it seemed like it wasn't working at first, as they continued to do what they were being told, swim down, it ultimately saves all of them. You see, here's the deal. A lot of us want adventure, but we want it from the safety of our couch. A lot of us want to do something big. We want to have an impact on those around us or the world, but we want to do it from our couch. We can't do that. We have to be willing to step out and take challenges and risks. We have to be able to do what we know is right. We have to be able to trust what we know is true. And if you want me to share a raw truth with you, I think sometimes we feel like we want God to be true. We want his word to be true. But because things seem hard and painful and difficult, we don't believe it's true. I think sometimes we struggle with trusting. Why would we put our trust into a Savior that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't audibly talk to? And I think, honestly, it comes down to choosing to believe. This is where our community comes in. We all have different experiences. When we trust Jesus with our lives, he protects us. But it is different for each and every one of us. And as we share our stories, it helps us to grow. Paul writes in the book of Romans, chapter 8, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Stop and think about that for a second. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Whether we choose to believe or not, God loves us. Whether we're doubting or insecure or fearful, God loves us. We don't get to change that. We don't get to write that story. That story has been written and is true. He continues, neither, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You see, God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. His son willingly chose to go into a situation that he knew would lead to death torture. He chose to do that 
because we are so loved, because God cherishes each of us so much. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried, and most importantly, he rose again. He's alive. It is up to us individually if we choose to believe that or not. I can't make you. Pastor Brent can't make you. It is up to you to choose if you want to believe. It is up to you to choose. Are the benefits outweighing what you feel are the negatives? If you're not sure, talk with somebody. It's not about forcing a decision. It's about giving information. It's about sharing. It's just like anything else we go through. When we share, we understand. You make your own choice. When we choose to believe in Jesus, we choose to believe he protects us. That means when we go through struggles of sickness, job loss, wayward children, family struggles, housing worries, mental problems, addictions, doubts, anxiety. All of that becomes God's, not ours, to worry about. He helps walk us through it. He cares about us that much. Our power is God in us, not us. You see, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God's involved in everything. I don't believe God makes bad things happen. I do believe God walks with us when bad things happen. I don't believe that God ever leaves our side when we feel alone and hurting. I do believe God is carrying us, and we don't know it. You see, choosing to do the next right thing, for some of you, may be too much to ask for community support. Some of you, it seems really difficult to read the Bible or to pray. I get that. I've been through that. I still deal with that sometimes. Let me tell you, I don't think coincidences are random. Because I have an app on here called YouVersion. And I wrote this message before today, obviously. And here's my verse for today that pops up. A simple little verse for me to read. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. When we're talking about fear and troubles, when I worry about standing up and sharing in front of you, it's not coincidence that that's the one verse that pops up out of the entire Bible for me to read today. One of the other things I have is a, an email subscription to Christine Kane. She's a preacher, motivational speaker. She has lots of intense wisdom. She's Australian, so I love listening to her. Here's hers. Came up today. Don't live life alone is the title. You think I can make this happen? Depend on God and keep at it because in the Lord God you have a sure thing. Isaiah 26.4. It is so important to remember that we can't live this life alone. We weren't created to place our hope and expectations on ourselves because we can't handle that kind of pressure. Thankfully, Jesus can. 
He won't only meet your expectations, he will exceed them in ways beyond your imagination. It's not coincidence. Some of you need to know you have a community here. You just need to do the brave thing of asking one other person to pray with you, to encourage you, or to ask questions. Just sit down and have coffee together. Some of you need to do the brave thing of inviting somebody to have coffee, sit down with you, go for a walk with you, just hang out with you. It all begins with one ask. It all begins with the choice to say yes to Jesus one time. Jesus wants us to have a life that we can live to the full. And I encourage you to take that one step today, whatever it may be for you, in order to make that happen. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Father, we just come before you and we just say thank you. Thank you, God, that you sent your son for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to die because you knew ultimately that it would bring life for everybody that chooses to believe in you. I thank you that you love us so much that you will never leave our side, that no matter how fragile or broken we feel, that your strength and power is within us to help us get through whatever we're getting through, to help us look forward to whatever it is you have in store for us, to help us to trust your words are true. Jesus, I pray today that you would reach into hurting places and that you would just touch them with your loving care. I pray for those that are struggling with worry and doubt that you would reach in with your peace and calm their minds and their hearts. I pray for those, Father, that are uncertain, whether it's uncertain of believing in you, uncertain that your word is true, will you hold to it once we believe, uncertain of do you really have good in store for us. Father, bring your wisdom, bring your light into each of those situations. We pray that today would be a day that we would just see the beauty that you've created and knowing that each of us individually is part of that creation. You crafted us. You've made us beautiful. Help us to see that, Father. We just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please?